That music, by the way, I was about to go into my intro, but I just have to tell you, Cam, that makes me want to fight a propagandist hearing that that pumped up music right there. What, what a great intro you put together. Let's roll into this. They caught Jack the Dripper and the propaganda stylings of MSNBC. This is the Propaganda Reports Drive Time News Blast. Joining me is Cam Harless, host of the Mad Ones podcast and prolific tweeter. Very, very famous on yes. Twitter these days. And you had a show this evening earlier. How'd it go? It went well. We I spoke to uh, Abby and PJ from uh, Conspiracy Pilled. They started a conspiracy podcast that's veered into the realm of ministry somehow, Christian ministry. So we talked about that and some deep Bible stuff for a little bit, and it was a lot of fun. I wish you'd been there because you could have been like, wait, what? And corrected us when we went too far. I mean, come on. Well, you did. I was preparing for this show, and then I, I didn't have time to read the Bible before when so i decided i would i would refrain i've read it's i've read book. the bible bits and pieces yeah, yeah i i've wanted to do like a front to back read of the bible for a while i actually started it a couple years ago but i i haven't gotten all the way through it it's a tough read sometimes um when you have to look yeah. up every other word or so it does become challenging oh, version has very reading? i'm reading the latin version of it That's okay the vulgate very 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 <laughs> cool place to start I would have gone Septuagint, but you know, whatever. You know, I, I didn't read the story. Did you see? I saw a headline, and of course headlines are usually propaganda, but it was about how somebody discovered some hidden scripture somewhere. This was last week. Did you That's see this? Usually bullshit. Usually just... Yeah, I, I figured it was. It's kind of like those stories <laughs> where it's like, uh, scientists de detect signals from 12 different planets that could be aliens. I, those I instantly dismiss at this point. Now, now, now the story is, AI detects very clear radio signals from planet could be aliens. I'm like, I, I, I mean, don't... Never is that aliens, ever. If, it's always uh, disappointing. If, if they had... If they found some writing of John or Paul or... Peter or whatever, that would be very cool. But it's like anytime someone says lost scripture or they took this out of the Bible or whatever, it's always just nonsense because the the person who wrote what we consider the 66 book canon did it in like 200 BC. Like this is this was before Constantine. It was before all that other stuff. So it, it's yeah. it's all nonsense most of the time. So like anything written after 1980 shouldn't though. be included. Yeah, I, I mean, and actually I would say probably like 1540. You know, anything okay. All right. after 1540, ignore. <laughs> Is there anything to, I know there's conspiracies about the Vatican having hidden uh, biblical text that has never been released in some secret dungeon somewhere in the basement in one of their buildings. Is there any truth to that? They, not that I'm aware of, just because, like I said, the the books that we've, re the, we've read, we can trace back to, I mean, the, the first time it was canonized, like the first written canon outside of some crazy Gnostics uh, was w through Athanasius. And I mean, we can, we can see the same books being spread around all the way up to like the seventies, you know, when Paul right. was writing his first letters. So it's like, if they found something, it would be really cool, but they're not going to, I will say the coolest thing that they found recently archeologically was they found a, um, I, I want to say it's a stone, um, but it may actually be like a, a scroll or a bit of a scroll or something, but there's a story in the Bible about the um, ancient Hebrews going on the tops of two different mountains, Mount Sinai and Mount Ebal, and uh, from the Mount Ebal declaring a curse. 
And there's this little piece where it's actually the first ever found written uh, version of the the name Yahweh that they've ever found. And it's it's on the top of that the, mountain. The that's company Yahweh? In the Bible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Com- the company. Yeah. yeah. And it means I am. So it's, it's yeah. definitely propaganda. Um, uh, interesting. <laughs> uh, did you did you hear about how you are able to cleanse all of your sins in, in Buddha and in that religion, the Buddhist religion? I, you just got to suck on the I, Dalai Lama's I, I tongue is all. Yeah. Yes, I I did hear. Did you see my Did you see my tweet? Uh-huh. I had a breaking story of him being kicked out, banned from Chuck E. Cheese for using the ball pit as a hunting blind. I had a photo and everything. He he dove in and said, "Suck on my tongue, everybody!" and laid on his back. What a weird thing to happen. <laughs> That, uh, did you see that kid? Like he did the first headbutt with him in the video after, the, like before the the mouth kiss. But then when he said, "Now suck on my tongue," the kid was like, "I don't even want to headbutt you anymore." But he kind of did it anyway. Was, it was really, really gross. And the audacity to think you can do that and 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 just get away with it. It's like you know Joe Biden sniffing everybody's child's head, kind of. Well, I mean, he, he sniffs anything that looks pretty. So it's, it seems like it doesn't even matter if it's a child as long as it's a woman who is shorter than 5'2". Like, he'll sniff he'll sniff them, too. Yeah, midgets, so, watch out. Joe Biden's coming. His nostrils well, are coming for your hair. Co- coming to find out that shampoo uh, brand you use. Yeah, he can, tell, he can tell somebody's shampoo from a mile away. And speaking of Biden, he signed a bipartisan... <laughs> congressional resolution earlier this week to bring the covid national health emergency to an end after three years so so that's it It, it's over you guys can take off your mask you can get within six feet of each other you can make out with strangers at bars again finally everything can just go back to normal we can forget it ever happened can you believe it's been three years what a crock of shit excuse my language i'm not supposed to swear in the dmv but any reflections (laughs) on the ending of this all I know is three years is the longest two weeks I've ever experienced. How many Flatten days curve, was it baby. actually? We, fl- I mean, we we flattened it all right. By we, yeah, we inverted three the curve. Years. Yeah, <laughs> we inverted <laughs> reality while while flattening the curve. It's like unbelievable. Why did this not get more like attention on Twitter and stuff? I didn't see anything. There about was a that. one sentence report about it. And w- the white house just released like one line about it. And Biden signed it quietly behind the oval office. Probably, you know, Hunter was probably there with him snorting cocaine or something. And that was it. They didn't make a big deal about it at all, man. I wonder why. Yeah. I wonder why. Uh, although, so <laughs> the health emergency was first declared on January 31st, 2020, by then-President Trump's Health and Human Services uh, Service Secretary Alex Azar. So Biden, if he wanted to, he could actually, not not that I think he's going to really run in 2024, at least not the entire time, he could say that you didn't like all the lockdowns, you didn't like all that stuff. Well, Trump started it, I ended it. So this could be a political maneuver for him uh, leading up to the signed? campaign. This was, uh, I think, was Monday. Monday or Tuesday might have been yeah either Monday or Tuesday this week. Did you not hear about that Monday? I didn't. Uh, Let me. I I just want to do the see how many days that is because I'm curious. So Monday was the tenth. Days between twenty and April. What did I decide? I don't know what you searched. Yeah, there was a little bit of news on it, but not a whole lot of news. The Got ground news. I okay, think. so eleven hundred eighty-six days. 
that's not too many days, right? It, it's crazy so, to me that it's been three years. It doesn't. It feels like just like every all time gets compressed. Anyways, you get older. You know, I think I've told you this before. To slow down time, you have to do things you haven't done before because it leaves that emotional impression in your brain. And when you're doing the same thing every day, it's like everything just kind of slides by really quickly. Uh, so that is the key to slowing down time: is experience something that you have never experienced as much as possible. Uh, good or, things, hopefully. Or experience something you hate, and that will last forever. Or or listen to um, any podcast with Neil deGrasse Tyson on it. The, you don't that like will Neil deGrasse Tyson. Years. Yeah, he's full, no one but, likes Neil yeah. deGrasse Tyson. He's a um, smart but I guy. Did the math. So um, it was supposed to be uh, shut. The shutdown was supposed to be for two weeks. It ended up being about eighty-five two-week periods. So eighty-five fortnights instead of one. It's just, it's just slight miscalculation is all. You can't hold them <laughs> hostage for that. Two times 85. I just got a little off. They, they, they left that. Flatten the curve in two times 85. That's not, that doesn't flow off the tongue as easily. It and doesn't. Look, it does look at this uh, image on the White House's uh, front. You go to whitehouse.gov, and the first thing you see is Joe and Jill standing on the balcony there with two giant rabbit furries. Very creepy, I'm sure. About to be a weird four-way going on there with that strain. I know it's an Easter thing, but good God. Why does the one rabbit furry have glasses on? We don't need that detail with our rabbit furries in this country. It's here's, ridiculous. Here's the thing you know, though, is you know Joe Biden turned to at least one of them and asked some earnest question about living as a bunny and how, how life is as a bunny and how they, how right. they did during COVID. Yeah, I want to see the one where he's smelling the rabbit's ears, personally. <laughs> All right, God, let's dive in here. They have uh, the Discord documents leaker, or Jack the Dripper, as Drudge has dubbed him, which is not really, I don't think that really conveys what they want it to convey. It sounds like a, 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 like a 1700s themed porno is what that sounds like to me. Jack the Dripper. Jack the Dripper. <laughs> and he was caught with the help he's, of... Oh, go ahead. Oh, is it because he's a leaker? That's why he's a dripper. Right. So it's the drip, drip, drip. I just thought it was some... Yeah. I, I thought it was just some Gen Z nonsense where they're like, look at the drip on this guy. Right. Somebody over there said, wow, he's like, you know, they had the little Jack the Ripper, he dripping leaks, whatever. Uh, uh, I think it's a wrong turn on that, but definitely caught it my sounds, attention anyway. It sounds like an STD. It's a weird way to introduce yourself. What's your name? I'm Jack the Dripper. It's nice to meet you. Ah, I'd run from that person for sure. Watch your shoes. Right, yeah. They're not going to kill you. They're just going to stain you is all they're going to do. <laughs> so he was caught with the help of Bellingcat, which I, I have a little expose on Bellingcat here in a minute. But the guy's name is Jack uh, Teixeira, which there's a former... Major League Baseball player and Georgia Tech baseball player with a, a similar name. This guy's a 21-year-old uh, member of the Massachusetts Air National Guard, and he, he's apparently surprising a conspiracy theorist. He's a conspiracy theorist, so he's crazy, obviously, which is part of the, uh, the agenda they're pushing, at least with uh, the narrative today. And I have some clips of what they're saying about him. Apparently, the Washington Post interviewed a teenager, he was in this Discord group, this guy was, and he was like the leader of all these teenage gamers, which, by the way, if you're a gamer, you need to just assume that there's a Fed in your gaming chats, whether you're a computer gamer, Xbox. Uh, it's, it's crazy. So I know some people who are huge progressives, at least on the surface anyway, and 
I, I don't play the PlayStation all that much, but when I do, I, I'll uh, chat. The only reason I ever play is to chat and just BS with these guys, uh, some old friends. And some of them will say the worst things in there, and I'll be like, dude, everyone who's a progressive who you love hates you. We're now being followed by the feds because of everything. They'll just say the most inappropriate, awful things. And then they'll be like, but I hate Trump. He's a racist. I'm like, have you listened to yourself in this gaming chat for the past hour? Uh, you use the gamer word. You can't, you can't say that anymore. You can't say gamer? No, no, no. The gamer word is the way you say N-word. But instead of saying N-word, you say the gamer word. Right. Okay. I'm. I'm not. I'm a little confused. But uh, okay. So if if someone says the gamer word, uh, the gamer word, they're saying the n word, and that you're just not saying they said the n word. You say they said the gamer word. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, they they triggered a bunch of feds to come monitor that that person. So I and, and people even got kicked out of some chat. Like a bunch of uh, liberals got each other kicked out of chats because they were saying inappropriate things that they always accuse Trump of saying stuff like that. It, it, seriously, it, it, there's feds in your gaming chats. There's feds in your kids' gaming chats. And this should this is a lesson for that right there. And, and that is a dangerous thing because kids will get in these gaming chats. I remember like. When I first kind of experienced the internet when I was uh, young, and the, the first thing I did was like, oh my gosh, we can mess with people in these chat forum things. Ha 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 ha. And I think kids today still have that mentality, but they say shocking things because they don't know any better. And I, there's just this whole generation of kids who are in these one, they can be primed to go to the military, they can be primed with propaganda. Just, it's, it's such a vast. Uh, um, just it, the the feds love the idea of online gaming because of what they can do with it, and children especially need to be careful about what they say in these things. They, they could get targeted. They could get set up. It, it's it's not a good thing at all. Nope. Anyway, and I think oh this no 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 for sure. That. Well, it's like it's it's tough because I like to play games with my son, and we like to we I mean like Call of Duty has right. some blood, but we can turn off the gore and stuff. But it doesn't change the fact that if we get into a, a chat lobby that I'm he's hearing stuff yeah, right. I'd never want him to hear. You hear the worst stuff. When you turn on the the open chat for, uh, was it GTA 5? It's like the first thing you hear is the N-word with the hard R, like for 20 yeah. minutes. And you're like, okay, I'm just trying to play. Like I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to turn it off. And people just call and say, they don't know, they're killing you over and over again. Like I'll, I'll, like I am exceptional at going into GTA Five and then just dying like thirty times in a row before doing anything <laughs> and being called racial yeah. slurs by like thirteen year olds yeah. is what I'm really good at. That's why, that's why when I play Call of Duty, I like playing DMZ because it's not like the rest of them where it's just player versus player where you're just dying every two two seconds as as soon as you spawn. You're like doing missions and stuff. It's a lot of fun. I I prefer DMZ heavily at this point yeah but, no, yeah they say annoying. some gamer words on there too i mean if i were really good at it i would probably just kill people over and over again in it too but i suck at it so it gets frustrating you can private chat people and so what i did one night i was playing with my friend josh is i was just like dude this this guy has killed us both like 20 times in a row and then it shows the stat on screen it's like your death count 25 to 1 uh, they're beating you. So I just like start texting him saying, you're making my child cry, dude. He's just trying to play. <laughs> and I don't have a child. I'm making it all up. Uh, let's go. I am the child. Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. So I have some clips here of how they're portraying this guy in the media, what they're saying about him. Uh, the first one here is just, this is from, this is, 
the secret teenager, they interviewed somebody from the gaming chat room, which is why I launched into all of that. And we don't see the guy because he's in the dark shadows anonymously because they're telling us he's a teenager. So he's not old enough. Well, they don't even say that. They just kind of imply that. I don't think this guy's a teenager at all, personally. But here's what he had to say about this alleged Jack the Dripper. He was a, he was a young, charismatic man who loved nature, God, who loved shooting guns and, and racing cars. He did see himself as the leader of this group, and he ultimately he was the leader of this group. And he wanted us all to be sort of super soldiers to some degree, informed, fit, with God, well-armed, stuff like that. Okay, so who's, who, who the hell is this teenager? That very smoothly spoken interview in the dark. You can't, you only see the shadow of this guy. I, I, I just wish they would have done the, the anonymous voice, you know, where it talks like this. I don't believe for a second this is some random dude some random kid who came forward, if he admires the guy so much, why is he doing a sit-down with the Washington Post? And uh, would anyone do a sit-down with the Washington Post is my question. Yeah. So this screams PSYOP with this, this, this kid right here. We don't know anything about this kid, and he's establishing part of the narrative, which we'll hear more of in this next clip, that this guy, is he loves guns, he loves God, he's a conspiracy theorist, and that is part of what motivates him. And that's what we're going to hear a little bit of here in the second clip here is his, his motives for doing this. Here's my uh, little AI. So those watching, I typed in, which is the strangest image to come back, but I typed in uh, um, psychopath liars in the media or something like that. And it made this image of this tiny little munchkin person in a suit holding a newspaper <laughs> that it looks like they're trying to say illegal millennials. And then hail T yeah. and... And it's just a very odd image there. According to his friend who was on this chat with him, it appears that he was motivated by a very dark view of the government. He was not necessarily uh, motivated by, for example, uh, you know, it being in favor of Russia or being in favor of Ukraine. He was motivated instead largely by conspiracy theories, and he had a very dark view of the intelligence community and the military writ large. And he wanted to show his friends kind of where uh, taxpayer dollars were going in terms of the intelligence community, what the military was doing. Doing. And of course, the kind of support that the U.S. has been providing to Ukraine. He wanted to keep this group up to date on current events. And one of the friends did say that they were always impressed by how ahead of the news uh, he seemed to be. So obviously, this is going to provide a lot of fodder for law enforcement and, of course, the Pentagon, who have been turning over every stone to find this guy, Don. Yeah, and it's. Yeah, and Don, are you Jack the Dripper? Yeah, I, I'm not Jack the Dripper, I promise you. I'm not. Uh, but I don't believe you. This guy is a conspiracy theorist, and this fits the narrative of the domestic internal threat. A couple of days ago, Trump did this interview with Tucker Carlson, and I played this clip in a show I did earlier this week. And during the interview, Trump said that it's not Russia or China that is the biggest threat. It's internal. It's from the inside. It's the uh, the radicalized left from the inside. And that message of radical extremist being the biggest threat to this country is the same message that Biden has been pushing since he yep. released the countering domestic terrorism strategy in June of 2021 <laughs> that basically MAGA Trumpers or anybody they can classify as that domestic terrorist 
is the biggest threat to democracy. And so now we have both sides saying that same thing. It's a totally a divide and rule strategy. And this guy right here, or at least I don't, I think this is all a psyop personally. He's probably an, an agent. This story of this guy who they can now say, a MAGA Trumper, and they'll probably eventually classify him as that, a right winger who loves guns and God, actually damaged the country and democracy already with these leaks that uh, the, the Pentagon and the government is scrambling to recover from. I, I think that's part of where this is going. Yeah. I, well, I mean, in the, it's. <sighs> I just love that Trump's response is, I know you are, but what am I? Right. It, it, but that that works though because that that's how I mean it, it. Even like when he says that, my emotional reaction to that is, well, yeah, they are doing CRT, they are doing this stuff to mess with the schools, and the education system. There is a threat internally. But then I, I step back and say, hold on, that's what the media is portraying the most radical elements of both sides, which is the minority of, of people that exist in this country. The majority are, are people who are a lot more agreeable and willing to have conversations and not as extreme. It just seems like the radical elements are the majority because of the way it's covered in the news. And, and they will create more radical elements with the news coverage of it. But it, it, it always makes me have to step back and go, I need to remember that the news is not reality. The reality right. is that most people are reasonable and willing to have a conversation, but that they want to manifest this reality they project. And, and I encourage people to, to question those who they feel emotionally compelled to identify with strongly, even harder than those who they already disagree with. Because the propaganda that is targeting you and me and all of us is not coming from those that we already don't believe. It's coming from those who we are least likely to question. Which means we, right. we, yeah, and that's why they use the emotional pulls is to, so we don't do that. And like that interview Trump did with Tucker, I thought was hilarious, by the way. Like, like he said some really it. funny stuff. At one point he started, I played this clip the other day. He started talking about all the things we left behind in Afghanistan. And he goes, Tucker, they left the dogs. They left, they left the dogs. People ask me, they say, where are the dogs now? They, they left them. And that, that, you know, that plays off of how Biden pretended to be a, a you know, a dog person with the, uh, the pound dog that they eventually kicked out of the White House. It, it was a funny interview, but this stuff is divide and conquer all the way, in my opinion. Oh, for sure. Old Joe Biden, the person who pulls his dog's tail for whatever reason. Well, the problem with that first dog is Joe kept trying to smell its hair and it was not appreciating it. Here is how they caught him. Now, this is interesting. This is where we get into the Bellingcat stuff right here. Have you heard of Bellingcat? I've heard the name. Okay, Excuse wait. me. Here we go. <laughs> the Washington Post interviewed a teenage member of a small chat group on Discord who said the leaks began with text messages quoting from classified documents. And then, when no one seemed impressed, photographs of the actual documents. It would appear as if he sort of grew angry with the fact that only one or two people were paying attention to these documents that he was pouring his heart out into. And as a sign of just anger, he just decided to post the full documents. Glimpses of what lay beneath the documents, a countertop and a kitchen floor, matched photos of the inside of Teixeira's home, a digital trail which led the New York Times there ahead of the FBI. Uh, you're muted. I am muted. I was talking to myself there. A couple of things from that clip is this narrative 
that he post, posted stuff and nobody paid attention to him and he got really angry so decided to start showing the pictures which ultimately got him caught because they captured the image uh, of his like desk or wherever he did it uh, as they showed there. But this narrative of arrogance got him caught and he wanted fame and stuff is one that Clapper and the intelligence agencies guys who are going to the networks are, are all saying. So I don't know where they're going with that exactly, but that is definitely something to pay attention to. And we have deep fakes at this point that are almost uh, hard to tell. Like, I think usually, at least I think, you know. They'll have deep fakes out that we can't distinguish before we realize they're deep fakes. So I shouldn't say that. But the ones that, that we know are deep fakes, I don't think are that great, but they're pretty good. And yet they want us to believe that this dark image of a kid with, of somebody with a bowl cut whose face we can't see is actually who they say it is. I, I just, it's, it's a little extraordinary uh, the leaps in logic they want us to take here. Uh, but the way that they found him that because of that image stuff was. Uh, the New York Times got help from an organization called Bellingcat. And the New York Times apparently had a reporter knocking at the door of this kid's parents' house. I'm not quite sure of his living situation. The way it sounded in the news was like his mom and his dad live in separate houses in the same neighborhood or something. And he like lives in between them. It was weird. And I'm sure there's more detail about that, that that I missed. But the New York Times was there before the police was there because of Bellingcat. And Bellingcat is an organization that calls themselves the online. In fact, I have one of their books right here. The online sleuths solving the world's global crimes. Let me here. I'll take this down so you guys can check it out. Uh, solving global crimes, and they are the bold future of the news. So they use online, you know, sleuthing. It's kind of stuff that we use. All people in the alternative media use to find things that the mainstream media doesn't tell us. And, and they are the best in the world at this, uh, apparently. And I've talked about this group for a while because here's the thing about Bellingcat. They're funded by the National Endowment for Democracy, which is a U.S. government entity that has supported re regime change operations around the world. And they are believed by a, a whole lot of people to be a Western CIA intelligence front. And they also get some funding from the EU, I believe. Uh, Max Blumenthal, Blumenthal of, I think, the Gray Zone, he, he did a, a good expose of them maybe a year ago or so. And uh, um, he covered how Bellingcat participated in this covert UK a foreign office funded program to weaken uh, Russia and, and affect attitudinal change uh, around the globe about Russia. Some, some of the people who have worked with Bellingcat, too, were associated with what was a Reed Hoffman, who is, I think he was LinkedIn. He's one of these billionaires who tries to mess with elections. Is uh, uh, a Reed Hoffman-funded 2017 Alabama special election, quote, disinformation experiment, which was actually covered by the New York Times, and they admitted to this, where this group of people uh, pretended to be Russian trolls, and they tried to influence that special election and did actually influence that special election. It was a group called New Knowledge that has now changed their name to Yonder because of the backlash that happened. And it's actually the same group of people that wrote the special intel report that Congress published on Russian interference. So this whole group is bogus and, quite frankly, excuse my language, full of shit. That, that doesn't mean that they don't tell truth sometimes. They do. 
And they do use tactics that are worthy of using, but they only use them to support agendas uh, uh, that they're cooperating with. And I, I talked about them when these Idaho 4 murders happened a few months back where Brian Koberger is the guy that they arrested for that. But that was an unsolved uh, case for a while, and it kind of blew up in the news. And one of the things that made it newsworthy was that all these YouTubers were – not all these. Some YouTubers were doing great work, but there was a handful of YouTubers that were fabricating evidence and going to that town and literally accusing any and every person of committing the murders who they could find in that town, giving online sleuths, alternative news investigators, a bad name. And I speculated at the time that this is part of an agenda to completely snuff out open source research, which is the only way we can find information outside of what the mainstream feeds us. And, and you know, you combine this, uh, uh, getting rid of that with the new AI searches that just feed you the narrative, then you can snuff that out completely, except for Bellingcat. Uh, Bellingcat, the official authoritative source on open source alternative news controlled by the CIA and uh, Europe and our government. And, and I think that that is what's going on here. I think this is an effort to build their credibility. You can even see them pushing part of the mainstream agenda. Let me show you here from uh, their website. Uh, bellingcat.com I believe and they have an article from a couple of days ago this is before they caught the person that says from discord to 4chan the improbable journey of a US intelligence leak and it goes on to document how these, these uh, classified documents spread to all these kind of more obscure social media platforms these chat based platforms too uh, you know, not the Facebooks and the big ones, but the ones that are a little bit less controlled. Because what they're trying to do is they're trying to plug all the holes in the in the vast internet where information can still get out there and spread that they don't want to get out there and spread. And I, I think that that is one of the main goals of this whole operation is to give them a reason to say, well, time to start clamping down on these smaller Discord-like platforms because there's still bad dangerous information spreading on them it's cord is evil no yeah I, they'll never be able to do the internet's too like there's too many corners of the internet to it's just people will find another corner of the internet it's like a whole universe but they're trying to like just you know systematically completely rein in this wild west that they themselves created and they need because they want to keep everybody connected like they want it to be the borg so they're not going to shut it down maybe they'll do a test of shutting it down just to see what happens but but they need the internet but they also want to control the internet which they can't completely all right did you uh do you have something you want to say about bellingcat oh no i just i just the the let's stop this let's take down tiktok let's take down this let's take down 4chan 8chan doesn't need to exist you you it's like what's the difference between 4chan and 8chan uh, 8chan is twice as good um, but I don't know um, <laughs> but the the thing is these they act like this is you know just a, a turn off the switch and it's over when it's like this is co like trying to get rid of a, a cockroach swarm by stepping on one cockroach right they're gonna find other places to go like you, you took out the that one little hole in the wall you got you got them out from under your your couch they're in your walls yeah what do you think is gonna happen Right. The exterminator is not going to get rid of all those uh, sons of bee. And there are people out there who are very good with, with hacking, with, with the Internet, who are not on their side. And that, that is yeah. um, 
uh, that's why they do these red team, blue team things where they pretend, try to pretend to be those guys so they can uh, identify the way that they will continue to spread information. It's, it's the same thing that they've always done, that, that those in power have always done. It's just a different type of technology that exists in, in modern times. Like during World War, I think it was World War I, the uh, British controlled the underground sea cables that enabled us to transfer information. And what they did was they intercepted all of the information from the, uh, the opposition and they stovepiped the U.S. They, they, they made sure that we didn't receive communications much, many of it was uh, the uh, those we were fighting. They didn't want to fight the war. They they did not want there to be a war. So they intercepted that stuff and only told us what they wanted us to hear to win our support for the war. It's the same type of thing here. They're trying to control the internet. What messages get through and what don't. And this is why I think right now more than ever it is a good time to hone up on the um, open source uh, internet investigation skills, which are useful. I, you know, I, I recorded some stuff where I did kind of a tutorial of the way that I do that. I, I know some open source Intel techniques. There's a couple of really good books out there that help you kind of um, eliminate all the nonsense that gets in your way. Uh, and I, I just haven't finished editing it to get it up, to get it up, but I, I will um, now's a good time because they're trying to prevent people from asking questions and seeking info online. And I think that's what part of this is about. But I have one more clip from that. And I thought this was, this was interesting here. It is, this is like how he might have been able to monitor and, and accomplish this. Um, let me get that, those clips back in there. Shoot, I'm probably going to lose my place on it. Forgot about that. All right. There they are. Okay, here we go. It's a creepy looking guy. Elal Halim. Teixeira was stationed at a base in Massachusetts where live feeds from Air Force surveillance aircraft around the world are downloaded and analyzed. He worked with fiber optic cable and may have been able to monitor the network over which the classified documents flowed. I thought that was an interesting little tidbit there. Fiber optic cables, which now everybody's on the fiber network. Which made me, I just typed that in, and one of the first articles that came back, where's that article? I don't know where the, I, it's from the, I think it's from the, da, the what's the, not the, I was going to say the Daily Beast, but is that is that a website or am I combining? It is a website. The Daily Beast. Right. Okay, so the website that I found when I, I did some search on that <laughs> was uh, from 2013, and they've been comparing this story a lot with, the uh, Snowden documents that you know came out in 2013, and one of, one of the the websites that came up was uh, a website about how the fiber optic cables. Uh, this was revealed in the Snowden documents. They can hold on, let me find my notes here. Let me find the website. So yeah, here's the headlines from the Guardian. That's what it was, and the headline says. GCHQ, that's a British Intel organization, taps fiber optic cables for secret access to world's communications. British spies, British spy agency collects and stores vast quantities of global email messages, Facebook posts, and internet histories and calls and shares them with the NSA. Latest documents from Ed, Edward Snowden reveal. I just find it interesting that there's that strange connection 
to this guy who monitored the fiber optic cables. And the story that they're telling us is this is different from the Snowden release because the Snowden documents revealed stuff from the past. Maybe some of it's more damning. I, I think it probably is. But this stuff is, is fresh and timely about what's going on in the Ukraine war, among uh, other things. I don't know. I, I just found that to be interesting. What do you think? Yeah. No, I don't know. I don't have anything to add to that one in particular. For yeah, it just—I mean—they push fiber optic now. It's what everybody uses now, and that little tidbit—fast well, as hell—that he monitored that, and he was able to do that because he monitored fiber optic cables. I don't know. What I just don't right even. There. I don't. I don't buy it. Now, I, I don't buy the whole story about this guy, but the messaging they're no. trying to put through is that they're they're trying to affect people's minds and hearts in, in a certain way. And I have an idea about some of the ways they're doing it here, but but some of the stuff is uh, is unclear to me what the agenda is. Because this, to me, when it talks about the information that he revealed in, in these documents, is he didn't reveal anything. He revealed absolutely nothing that people didn't already know. Yeah, like the Ukraine yeah. war, we knew all that. Like all, I, it's just none of it was like damning. But the way it's being reported is they're like, "Oh my gosh, this was damning." They're trying to like project that onto people, and I'm like, "This is not damning at all." Everybody knew this. You guys just acted like some of it wasn't true. So I don't know what they're doing with this. They're, they're definitely going to clamp down with some sort of regulations for sure, with signals intelligence actually. But speaking of propaganda, which we always speak of, I. <laughs> Watched a MSNBC segment last night, and I, you know, I I switched between the the networks just to kind of get a feel for what the messaging is from all of them. But this segment on, you know, the big lie as they call it, which the the Dominion case uh, against uh, Fox News about I don't know if it's a defamation case or what exactly it is, but it's been in the news a lot and it's covered in the media to try and say that Fox News lies. One of the main talking points is Fox News hosts say things, they say things on air that they privately disagree with or, or they privately hate Trump, but they say things on air, which is kind of, it's an odd attack because the implication of the way they cover it is that you they should only love Biden. No, no, the implication is that a, a journalist is somebody who who only promotes points that they uh, believe in and agree with, which is not what journalism is. A, a journalist is supposed to go after the truth, even if they hate the people who they might reveal to be telling the truth, you know? But the way they cover this, it's like, Tucker Carlson's awful because his messages reveal that he hates Trump, but then he goes on and talks to Trump as uh, he doesn't slap Trump in the face. I mean, there was a, a report where it's like, Here's what Tucker said in, in an email, and then here's how nice he was to Trump. As though he's supposed to sit down and throat jab him as soon as he sits down. It, it's the stupidest thing. But this MSNBC report, and I, I'll let, before I say it, I'll see if, uh, if you want to see if you can guess, and you'll probably notice things I didn't notice, what the propaganda tricks that they're using in these reports are. Because this little, this is like... Four or five minutes. I cut it into two clips. The first one's a little bit longer. This is just like a, a perfect illustration of modern propaganda that our media does. And I want to play it for you here and see if we can spot the tricks that they're doing to deceive their audience. It's not going to deceive us because we don't believe them anyway, but their audience does believe this stuff. So here's the first one. They're talking about the that case that I just mentioned, Dominion versus Fox News. And the whole premise uh, of this 
of this little uh, report is that Trump insiders say things differently privately than they do publicly. And they got this audio that they're going to play from a Fox News, former Fox News producer who feared she was going to be scapegoated, who then became a witness for Dominion, the defense, turned against Fox News. And I guess she was just recording a whole bunch of not just her, but other people's phone calls at Fox. It's it's a little creepy that she was doing that. But here's the, the first clip from MSNBC. I'm hearing that creepy dude right there. Go. Creepy dude. <laughs> it's not playing. <laughs> oh, I'm just sitting there. I was just, I was just like, I don't know what's happening. No, yeah. Now you got to let me know when you can't hear that shit. Sorry about oh, that. Oh, yeah. No, because it, it wasn't on the screen and I was just like. No, yeah. I, I was sitting I, there I listening to it. I thought you were working it. on it. No, no. I was just listening to it. So that's what I was doing when I was. There we go. <laughs> there, there we go. Thank you. Yes, that's why I need you, Ken. It's so gone now. I'll sit here. Oh, God, what the? What is going on? Is this? Is, so I'm starting to just like hate people that have producers, you know, who do all like who can pay who pay producers. I'm like, you know, especially those who've never done all this, the technical aspect of this themselves. I'm like, you don't even know what it's yeah. like to be a podcaster. You just, yeah. Now it's on screen, and now you guys will hear it, and uh, it will not be just silence this time. I hope not anyway. There we go. And then there is this conversation from December 5th, 2020. I want to point out, it says on screen, the Fox tapes, you know, as though this is some (laughs) damning tapes. And again, neither person on this all over again. Yeah. Neither person on these tapes recorded this call. This was somebody else who worked there who recorded the call, which is creepy. And it says audio conversations. Uh, Fox News, between Fox News and Trump allies revealed in Dominion lawsuit. This is a call between Maria Bartiromo and Trump campaign officials themselves. Are any of the machines, I know it was on War Room the other day with Steve Bannon, have any of the machines been looked at? He had said that one was looked at in Georgia. Uh, I'd have to check on that in terms of Georgia. I know during the audit they did check on those machines. Um, they're really good. You know, we need to still off the record for one sec here. Yeah, it should of course. Um, I, I want. I don't want us to say it if it's not. That's why we're yeah, checking. I would, I would. I would. I think they have looked at the machines. Uh, when the when the Secretary of State did its audit, uh, there there was a lot. Of, I think a fair bit of looking at the machines. Um, you know, the audit came in pretty darn close to what the machine down was with the receipts. So, you know, I don't know the outcome of those, but our understanding, again, this is what Secretary of State's office, was that there weren't any physical issues with machines of those inspections. Again, that was on December 5th, 2020. Trump campaign officials saying there weren't any physical issues with Dominion voting machines. There's a fair bit of looking at those machines, Miss Bartiromo, but all the figures were pretty darn close to what they were supposed to be. The whole voting machines conspiracy, according to the Trump officials, kind of a nothing burger. So is that what you got from that, that the whole voting conspiracy thing is kind of a a nothing burger from that clip there? What did you notice? What I noticed was that she said that the physically the machines were fine, which is not what's at play here. It's not that the physic the, that the machines were in physically good condition. Yeah, it, it was whether or, or damaged, not, right? 
Right. It was whether or or if there was a freaking uh, thumb drive sticking out of one of them. It was whether or not they had been the software had been altered. Right. It, it problems with software. And there's a couple of other things in there, too, that I, I won't point them all out now once you hear the next part of it before I do. But I do notice that she said this and their MSNBC is using this clip to sh- like as damning evidence against Fox News. Uh, Barta Tolovo or whatever her name is, she she said, I, I don't want to say it if it's like, sh- that's why I'm checking. So she's checking right. to make sure she doesn't air false reporting. She, she's doing work to make sure she says the, the correct thing. So this actually, I think, demonstrates someone engaging in journalistic activities. And uh, let's listen. Uh, let's hear the next part of the report here. Or at least that was what they said in private. Because here was Trump on the same day, December 5th, 2020. In one Michigan county using Dominion voting systems, nearly 6,000 votes were discovered that were wrongly switched from Trump to Biden. They called it a glitch. You know, a glitch, that's like the machine, bro. Numerous times we found glitches. And every single time the glitch went 100% to Biden and no percent to Trump. The same systems are used in 30 states. Believe me, this is something we're going to do because we can't allow it to happen. And complete overhaul of our election security systems, because right now, Dominion is a joke. Okay, not a very funny joke. (laughs) It's a disgrace that in 2020, no state in America even makes any real attempt to verify that those who cast ballots by mail are eligible and lawfully registered voters. The evidence of fraud is overwhelming. One thing in public, another thing entirely in private. And this is no minor detail. This is the core of the big lie. Okay, so with those two clips there, is there something that you noticed? With the, with I what don't know. Maybe conveying? that one was talking specifically about Georgia's and the other was talking Bingo. about Missouri or something. Michigan. Michigan. Bingo. She uses a conversation where they were specifically talking about Georgia, and then she applies it broadly to every statement made about Dominion voting machines. Because an insider said, can I go off the record, the Georgia Secretary of State, which, by the way, that was in December of 2020. That was a month after the election. The Georgia Secretary of State, I think, is a CIA operative. Look into his background. I have. You find nothing other than the fact that he went to college in Canada that his brother and and sister, I think, are radical uh, uh, progressives, and that the only information you can find about his parents or his dad is in an obituary that makes you think that they were uh, a CIA family. When when you look at some of the uh, the jobs they were said to have had. And he, he is as in on the whole operation as anybody else. He's untrustworthy. He, Democrats, crossover voted during the midterm elections to make sure that he still won because he's controlled. And this was right after the election. So they did not know all of that at this time. And she is using statements made reluctantly by someone relying on this guy who is not, like, you look into him, not credible, and he didn't feel certain about what he was saying, and then they're applying that to any comment made about the Dominion voting machines anywhere. So you nailed it. And this is, when this is their whole premise to debunk, quote, the big lie they say that is spread about the election challenges, 
it makes you want to just look into the election challenges more if this is the only you know, stuff that they got. I mean, this is weak right here. Very, very this weak. Is, this is Streisand effect stuff. It's so bad. Absolutely. It, it's just, it, it makes you think that they, th- they just think their audience is the dumbest idiots uh, on the planet to just, y'all, swallow that whole. Because that, I mean, that was so blatant. I mean, talking about Georgia and applying it broadly, that's not even a, a high-level, sophisticated brainwashing technique. That, that is a bottom of the barrel right there. And she continues with it in this second clip here. But you'll get to look at this little uh, weirdo on screen for a minute. It looks like a puppet. Here is a taste yeah. of how Fox News continued to cover Dominion voting systems after that December 5th phone call. We're looking into the Dominion voting machines with this new forensic examination. Mm -hmm. So this is an investigation that has taken a few weeks. It'll take time. But what we have now is such significant and overwhelming evidence that there is voter fraud. There is uh, a lot of irregularities and just complete disregard for the laws in these states. Now we get to we get to Detroit and we have a truck that pulled in at 430 in the morning with 100,000 votes. And we have a machine, the Dominion machine. That's as filled with holes as Swiss cheese and uh, was developed to steal elections and being used in the states that are involved. So there's a lot that's going to come out here over the next month or so. Tens of thousands of ballots were being illegally dropped. Uh, The machines are the worst. Uh, Dominion, Dominion. Nobody even knows who owns it. Uh, These machines are controlling our country. So it was a rigged election. It was a it was really a, a sham and a shame. One thing in public. Another thing in private. Again, I do not know if Dominion will choose to do another round of depositions because of this. The trial is slated to start Monday, so more depositions could mean delaying that trial. But even if Dominion chooses not to, these recordings sound fairly damning in terms of what they do to undercut the big lie. Rudy Giuliani, Trump's own campaign officials, the core of that whole conspiracy is just nothing. Well, the core of her whole argument is nothing. It's just so bad. So wait, were there other tapes or was that it? That was it. This was the so only, all it is. Yeah, because they didn't mention one, Georgia again. They, they, even Rudy Giuliani said right. Detroit. Georgia did not come up again. So the, the whole premise of this segment was based on someone. And talking specifically, he even said, oh, well, in Georgia, like he emphasized it during that initial clip. In Georgia, we're not sure. And none of right. the other stuff is about well, Georgia. And not to mention the the fact that Giuliani just straight up said Michigan. And, right. And, 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 what, and this is what you said. The, the, the tape was made, what, the 5th of December? Yes. And this was later on where they, they said that they'd done more investigation forensic investigation that would be new information right yeah yeah the, so, the but video, no, no, we totally. should have just listened to the first one and stopped looking into it there right i, I no. think a better argument that she could have made was just look at how crazy rudy giuliani's eyes are <laughs> now you know it's not i mean that would have been this let me look at this photo he looks insane that would have been a better argument that she made, but this is the type of propaganda being fed to MSNBC uh, viewers. It's just, it's awful. It, all it takes is a, an ounce of, of crit- like you have to just swallow whole everything they pump down your throat 
without question, not even one hint of challenge has to come into your mind to accept this type of propaganda. She didn't even try, man. That's crazy to me. Look at that. Look at his eyes. <laughs> well, the, 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 the thing about it isn't even that she didn't try. It's how smug she's acting. Yeah, yeah. Like, There's why, nothing. Yeah. Why be so smug when it's clearly silly what you're saying? Yeah, you know, I know people I that work for CNN. It. Right. I, I, the people I know that work for CNN, they're like true believers. I don't know if these, I think some of these anchors are like Rachel Maddow is definitely a, a, she knows her job as a propagandist. Brian Stelter knew his job was as propagandist. I think some of the maybe producers and, uh, you know, not, not not front face people. I think they're true believers, because like I I, I see people who I know who work for CNN, and I, I don't ever bring it up. My friend, you know, who plays Trump on the show, he'll uh, he'll yeah. go he'll go he'll go Brad. Uh, so and so works for CNN. Brad does a podcast. I'm like, why are you trying to start a fight? Like, like trying to. <laughs> and then I'll end up talking to him about it, and uh, they really buy into it for real. And I'm like, man, oh for sure, totally. All right, <sighs> nerds. Yeah. So where are we not at now? I don't even know what. Okay. So we're, oh, wow. I didn't realize how uh, long we had gone. And so what, what we're going to do, we're going to continue this conversation in the XR. This is the subscriber only portion of the show, which you can get at patreon.com slash propaganda report, propreport.locals.com or rockfin.com slash propaganda report. And we're going to talk about um, a Walmart t-shirt that got removed after someone discovered what I think actually makes it a great t-shirt. I don't know if you heard the story, Ken. And I I'm going to I'm gonna play a, 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 a clip from DARPA TV about uh, cognitive warfare and talk about the link that I think it might have to the increased increase in UFO sightings that we've seen. Ooh. So. Yeah, so check that out if you guys uh, if you guys want. And propagandafight.com is a website. You can find me at Freedom Act Radio on Twitter, youtube.com slash Brad Binkley, rumble.com slash prop report. I think that covers it for the socials. A quick question also. I meant to do this early. Does anybody who listens to this show, I think there might be a couple, are you into sports? I know most people aren't because it's brainwashing, and I, I know it's brainwashing, but uh, – I do like sports, and I'm considering uh, an experimental uh, thing uh, show with, with sports occasionally. So message me at Twitter on DM or at freedomactradio.com, and if you're into sports, I want to kind of gauge interest there. Cam, uh, tell everybody where to find you and promote whatever you want. Um, I am on Twitter at Ham Carlos. I have a show called The Mad Ones. You can find it at youtube.com slash themadones or wearethemadones.com. If you want a president's poster, which I have one on my wall now, uh, or a shirt, a black tank club shirt, or a Binkley Harless 2024 presidential campaign shirt, you can go to wearethemadones.com slash store. Right. And we intend to win, by the way. So thank you. When guys. are we going? We should do an official announcement. When are we gonna when are we gonna start playing the game, man? Did we just we is this is this our official announcement? We're running for I president mean, I, together? I think we th- maybe we should do a little more pomp and circumstance. But oh, you want to you know, these people all right, know. You pomp it up a little bit like a ceremony. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll do something yeah. a little bit more dramatic. Uh, okay. So <laughs> put that on hold, but it's coming. Hopefully we'll do it before DeSantis does it as we don't know yeah. when he's getting in the race. All right. Thank you guys for listening and we'll talk to you next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day. 